peace from him who was and who is and who is to come, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, this whole sermon writing thing has gotten a little tedious. It's just gone. I had to write a sermon for Friday and, you know, it's okay. You all know the story on that. Jesus died on the cross. It's kind of hard to dredge something up that's creative. So I just put so much pressure on myself to write the perfect sermon. I know the church is going to be full. I know it's going to be happening. So I read and I study and I grab a scripture passage and then I obsess for about two weeks over it. I pray a lot about it. I, I sift it through the heart. I sift it through the culture. I try to make sure that it's relevant and meaningful, that, that the voice of the angels themselves were preaching through me at the pulpit of St. John's. And then I sit down and crank out a sermon. It's just kind of my way of doing things. This year, I've, I thought I might go a little different direction for you on this year. Enter chat GPT 2023. Do you know how much easier sermon prep would be? You just enter what you want to say. I had a list something like this. John 21 to 18, Lutheran Church, Missouri, six sermon outline for Pastor Tim. You wait a minute or two, you put the input in and up pops your sermon. Too bad I didn't put a time limit on it because that sermon was about 35 minutes long. I'm just messing with you a little bit. You'd save a ton of time. I could ride my mountain bike more. I could spoil my grandson a little bit more. But from my heart to yours, an Easter message on Easter Sunday morning needs to be personal. Whether or not you appreciate my message is up to you. And quite honestly, when I was a young man, I cared a lot. Now, I'm okay. You hate it. That's fine. But I want you to know... Every word of this was written by your pastor. In the courtyard, many, many, many people by name. It's personal. Easter is personal. Easter isn't to be messed around with and manipulated with impersonal software in the interest of getting things done and moving quickly into something more important because right now there's probably nothing more important. Well, there's absolutely nothing more important than being right here, right now, tuned in to the greatest story in the history of personal for Mary from Magdala. Before she met Jesus, Luke records, she was possessed by seven evil spirits. And then she met Jesus, and it was personal. The Lord cast those demons out of her, and she, she, Jesus, it was personal. For Mary, it was personal. He brought her healing. He brought her into the community of, of those around the, the, the entourage of Jesus of Nazareth. She was close to the Lord. She loved him physical pieces of her life. He brought her into community. He had totally changed everything about the trajectory of her life. And so she's there Friday night. She's there at the end. And this morning she's here at the beginning because everything inside the tomb crying 
Nobody had accepted her unconditionally. Nobody loved her so completely. Nobody understood her like Jesus. And so the interaction between the two at the grave is so personal and so heartfelt. These words, as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Oh, the commentary and the death, all so personal, all so heartbreaking, all so real to her. So the interaction at the tomb has these marvelous personal pieces to it as well. First, she doesn't get it. She's so upset and so overcome with grief. She looked, and then through the tears and through the sadness, she hears the voice of the one she loves the most in the world. And he says what? Mary. The greatest word in any language is a person's name. From tears of sorrow to tears of joy, Mary. And she saw him. And she recognized him. Mary. He could have said, hey, you. He could have said, wake up. He could have said, it's the personal touch of Easter. That's the personal touch of Easter for, for each of us. It's about Jesus overcoming not a political obstacle on the cross Friday night, but it's about him submitting himself unto death, even death on a cross. It's about Jesus pouring himself out for you and me. It's corporate to be sure we're gathered together as a corporate body this morning but it's personal for God in Christ delivers peace through Jesus even that forgiveness is personal even God's grace is applied to us in a personal way while of course Jesus died for the sins of the whole world he died for our personal sins as well and they covered in that same blood peace with God for me peace with God for you it just becomes so personal even the way he reaches out to us with his sacramental presence is so personal in the month of march alone we had 26 baptisms at st john's now i didn't just break out a fire hose on the front and spray everybody down and say you all get here and it'll be great uh, no the promise of jesus that gives the baptism its power the name is spoken, the water applied. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And the parents personally bring their children, babes in arms. How is this child named? And you go back to that personal warm peace where, where the mommy and daddy looked at one another and they said, now what are we going to name her? How about Mary? Okay. Mary, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son 
and the Holy Spirit. Personal. Personal. We're going to line up this morning to receive the sacrament of the altar. We're not going to do it because we put chips and grape juice next to the door and we said, hey, grab a little bit on your way out. It'll be great. It's, are my sermon's a little bit too good for you because it's personal. We line up, we, 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 we touch the bread, we smell the bread, we taste the wine. We observe the body of Christ gathering together. We line up, we take eat, we take drink. Jesus says, this is for you. In a culture that wants to go where the crowd goes and say what the crowd says and be uh, liked by so many people with a thumbs up. Jesus reaches down in a very personal way and says, I love you. And the cross and the open tomb is the seal of God's love for you and for us. How's your personal life going? You got it all together? Ready to go this afternoon? Life's good? I'll put my wife's strawberry shortcake trifle against any dessert going today. Personal life going. Have you gotten back to normal? Are the remnants of the pandemic kind of ebbing away for you? And you're like, yeah, I kind of got it all back together. The traffic's the same at the corner of Prospect and Chapman. We wait for four hours to get through. It's kind of, yeah, we're kind of back to normal. Are you back to work? Back to the ebbs and flows of normal life for you? Are things kind of relatively normal? Chaotic? And this text from John 18 gives us three very personal and very practical pieces to consider. One, like Mary, Jesus knows your name. And were you at that tomb that morning, he would have called you by name. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows what you were like before you were born. You are known and beloved by God. Your connection to God in moment of this morning, when you feel alone and you feel isolated, isolated, and you want to shake your finger at God and say, you know what, this is your fault, Lord, and I'm angry with you. Remember this moment. Remember that you are personally loved of God and that Jesus himself knows and calls you by name just like he called Mary at the tomb. Number two, your future is in his hands. It's personal to us. It's personal to him. Interesting that Mary had such a rough past. The, 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 the peace that she had with Mary. If Mary would have been sitting on the front store of, of, of St. John's, you would have come and gotten me and said, Pastor, what can we do? I said, I don't know. It's just so bizarre. But she sits with Jesus. And all of a sudden, the psychology calms down. The, the, the palpitations of the body are still. Zizou, Mary Magdalene. She followed all the way from the beginning to the end. He sees your future. He leads you on a pathway. If you want to make me irritated, go, well, you know, Pastor, I'm leaping headlong into painful sin and a horrible thing in my life, but God... Gosh, if God has a plan, then I should just be quiet. 
Right. And don't get me wrong. I get that God has a plan, but that's the, the current thing that everybody says, kind of like, you know, you need to give it to God. And it's kind of an empty platitude. Well, you know, God has a plan. I'm jumping headlong into stealing money from my company, but God has a plan. Yeah, God's got a plan that you're going to go to the hole for six years. That's, that's God's plan. No. God is a pathway. Your life is not static. You're not standing on a plan, on a map somewhere. No. And while that pathway is shared with the people you love, maybe some who are with you this morning, you take those steps on that pathway in faith. Because that pathway from season to season, from life to life, from event to event, is uniquely yours. It's personal. Trust God and take those steps in faith. We live in one of the most risk-averse cultures in the history of the United States. I'm telling you, your permits his course, but the Lord guides his steps not only is it personal for you and me it's personal for the Lord your future is in his hands and your future is hope filled and thirdly she was first Mary was first Peter was not the first Christian Mary was the first Christian before Peter and John got to the tomb Mary was there. Before any of the fellas, Mary was first. And she went to the fellas. So John was faster than Peter. He wrote the story. So he beat him to the tomb, but he was more of a chicken. So Peter was first inside. But Mary was there. First and foremost, Mary was there. It was so personal for her. Where is my Lord? If you've taken, just tell me where he's at. Just need a few more moments. Just, just a little something for my soul. Look what Jesus has done for me. She was the first one to say, I have seen the Lord. Maybe you can say that at lunchtime today to the young person who said, You can go to church, but I hate church, it's stupid. Don't recoil on that. Kind of smile and say, okay. Just want you to know that at church, I saw us in our family. It's pretty cool, huh? Or, I really trust my life, my pathway to Jesus. Or, you need to know, son, that I pray for you and our family every morning and I do so in the name of Jesus. For all your personal stuff, I lay that before the throne of Jesus. Like Mary be the one who bury breakfast peas or, or over a taco from the taco guy or maybe some beautiful ham laid out. Honey baked ham is even better tomorrow than today. Maybe it's personal. Maybe someone segments and sequesters you away from the crowd and says, hey, Maybe you're the first one to say, I have seen the Lord. That's my sermon from Mary and Jesus to you and me, to those who we love so much. Easter is all so very personal. In the name of Jesus, amen.